We are Scarves and Spikes and Lady United Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Sydney. That is Tyler to my left, if you're watching on the feed, and Tommy below me on the feed. Yes, we, we got this Brady Bunch thing going on if you're watching on the feed. Uh, by the way, if you if you listen to the podcast, please tune this in on YouTube at Scarves and Spikes, and we'd love to have you. Tyler, Tommy, Hello. Hola, hola. It's a, it's a sad Thursday. Why are you sad, Tommy? Tell us. Tell us. Tell us your feelings. Because we are not the two-time American family champions of the world. We are only the one-time, one-time American family champions of the world. There's always next year, though, right? Yeah, we'll get them next year. Tommy had this whole thing planned out. If Atlanta United won the American Family Insurance Cup against Toluca, um, unfortunately, we have been deprived of that. So, I bought a cupcake, this like big cupcake, and I was gonna put my golden spike that I bought on eBay in it, and then I was gonna like treat it like like a, a newborn baby, like or after the one year old birthday party, we like you do the smash cake. I was gonna do the smash cake, <laughs> you know, and then it's it's gone. I had to give it to the kids. So, you you do a lot of transactions on eBay, don't you? I do. I I, I love the eBay. You're talking about last week. Or the other week, how you scammed somebody on eBay? <laughs> no, like someone made me feel bad about selling the Joseph candle, so I I gave them the money back. I lost like a dollar fifty on the deal. Whatever, like it's, it's <laughs> they were probably sad that I, I they didn't get it, but whatever, it, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, yeah, you're Have right. Have you lit you're the right. candle again? It's only been lit twice. No, maybe. Well, no, I've lit it almost every show. Anytime someone bring up Joseph Martinez, so ah, it's been lit light, up light it up, times. light it up. There's like clearly some kind of something that you've got to burn away. So go ahead and light it up. Right. They didn't win we'll last there. I mean, we play we play Miami three times, so but this is true. And we got three this more times at least to burn it. Save it for what is it? May, right? I think I think that's the first time. Yeah. I'll to pull it up. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, and Lady United. Uh, we had guys. We had an actual match in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Tyler, you were there. Tommy, you were watching on the stream. But yeah, Lady United taking out Toluca. And I, I, I really said past week I may have said Pachuca, but I met Toluca in the American Family Insurance Cup. And on top of that, guys, a new kit was released. So. Yeah, first things first. What do you guys think of the new kit? Good, bad, sexy. Not, it's, not good. Sexy. It, it's sexy. I mean, it's 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 just a little bit different than the original, but that's fine. Don't mess with a classic look. You see, I mean, you have to change your your kit every two years. Like that is a requirement. So you can't do that. So I mean, they went back to it. Looks nice. It's here for two years. And then we'll get something in two years, and everybody's going to say, "Why can't we be the five stripes?" It's it's just going to be a, a constant running thing. But I mean, the video that they posted was really cool. How they they all got together and, and talked about it. And I forget his name, the one that I think he joined two years ago was it Luke. Yeah, Larry Luke. Yeah, yep. like. Yep. I mean, he's he's always been very vocal in the fan base, and he listens to to what the fans want, and I think he gave the fans what he wanted. And, and then, of course, some of those people are like this is this is not original. This is what you wanted when it when it when it went away, right? Like you had you had the thousand stripes one, and then you had the three thin stripes, and and now we're back to the five stripes. So whatever, people are going to complain about it, but I, I like it, and it looked. The combination with the socks and the shorts, I think it just looked great. That That's my thing. I haven't really heard – I was kind of surprised, actually. I haven't really heard too much negativity behind it. Like, I think when everybody first saw the leak, what, two months ago, everybody was like, oh, this is just the same thing. It's close. But, I mean, obviously, like, the stripes are inverted. But I think really what brings it all together is just the whole kit, the shorts, the socks. We know how much you love the socks, Tommy. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, be, but being for real, it, it, I just think it's a nice looking kid. I mean, it's a good mixture of the red, black and gold. That's what you want. And yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a throwback. It, it gets you back to like the 2017 vibes and if there's any, any a time to reset and throw it all the way back. This is the time to do it. So 
I like it. I enjoy it. Um, I know some people really, the only negativity that I've seen has been on the price, but that's not, that's not an Atlanta thing. That's an MLS thing. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I, I saw a ton of people at the bins last night that already had it. Um, it looks good. looks good in person. And I don't know. I'm excited just to see that kit or something similar to that kit back out on the pitch. Cause it just stands out so much better. It's wild like that the- it's more expensive than a hockey Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's, that is ridiculous of how much you have, how much more material you have, how much of a thicker material you have with the hockey Jersey. And now you're, you're costing more than an NFL Jersey. I mean, it's, it's mm. baseball's always been expensive on their jerseys, but now MLS is at the second most expensive Jersey. That's, that's crazy. I feel like the black kit, I mean, I like the black kit. If you're watching on the stream, I have it behind me, but I feel like the black kit and Ariel saying that he loves the kit, honestly. And I see a lot of other people saying they love the kit. Just, I see you're in here. He posted it to our Instagram channel, how you got the kit, but I feel like the black kit um, kind of has that stigma of COVID on it because, yeah, it came out in, got in the 2021. Funk. Yeah, it's got that COVID <laughs> funk. And Ellie and I were coming off, you know, just an awful season. They're right in the middle of COVID. The crowds were reduced at the matches and all of that. So, got has that, yeah, that funk to it, Tyler. I mean, personally, I liked it. And I saw, I think it was, James is in here a lot. Um, he he made a list of all the kids, and I think the black kit was like fifth or sixth on his list. I can't remember, but yeah, it, it kind of brings it bad vibes and bad memories. But yeah, this this new kit, I think it's a callback to quote unquote the glory days. And granted, Elaine, you know, they haven't been around all that long compared to other clubs, but it brings back you know this good vibe stuff when. You know, Joseph was just coming in and making his stickiest claim as the top striker in MLS. Miggy was here. I saw the other guys, you know, Garza, Gressel, Parkey, Lorenowitz, etc. So I feel that it's kind of like that security blanket, that warm, fuzzy feeling, so to speak, of, you know, when times were good for Lenny and that end. Hopefully, it's not just symbolic. Hopefully, the performance on the pitch is a lot better than what it's been over the past couple of years because I think the fans have been really asking for it and yeah, I obviously they haven't been pleased with what they've seen. So hopefully you know, this is kind of a turning point, not just in the look and feel standpoint, but on the on-field production standpoint, really. Ariel brings up a good point. The King's kit was really the COVID. Yeah. The COVID kit. That's what was, yeah, that's what I was just saying. Exactly. Exactly. And then like along with that, you know, just that's an awful season. I mean, you end up getting rid of um, your coach and all that. Just yeah, yeah. So, so this is a this I is a really good time. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop something in. Um, we, as you guys know, we, we're getting started with this show, and we talked about it a little bit on the Twitter Spaces last night. Um, but. I got to I got to do a quick shout out for actually actually one of our listeners um, that reached out and reached out again and because we've been so busy this week with the Ampam Cup and because that's the most important sporting event that happened this week and everything else going on but um if you are looking for maybe an alternative place to check out a place to get the kit uh soccer.com is going to be dropping them tomorrow morning at 10 so I don't know the prices. I don't know if they're going to be any different. I know they do deals as opposed to like maybe the MLS store doesn't. But uh, if you haven't got one yet and you were looking to get one sometime between now and the first game, soccer.com might be a place to go check out. So, um, yeah. Last roundabout jerseys. Why do you release them a week before the season starts? I don't like, know, people want to wear them. Like I ordered mine online. I got it customized and it said this will arrive by February 27th. Yeah. I want to wear it for you the think first they were doing it before Christmas. Honestly, that's when I, if like marketing, 
two weeks before Christmas. It's after the season ends. It's enough time for everybody to really like get hyped for the next season. You get the Christmas buys and all that. And then people have a chance to wear it and rep it for two months before the actual season starts. Absolutely. Well, I, I know we're talking about the kits here. Do we do we want to do the tweet of the week here? Since it's about might, the yeah, kits? it's perfect time for it. Yeah. And he's in here. It. He's he's listening on YouTube right now. He is listening on YouTube and watching on YouTube. I'm stalling because I forgot how to do this. That's not <laughs> hey. <good. laughs> um heck, let's just do a full screen layout. Um yeah. <laughs> The more I see that new LED United kit, the more I fall in love with it. Ariel said, um, at research bike ATL, fire emoji, heart emoji. So, yeah, I think I mentioned good vibes for LED United, at least from a kit standpoint, are back. And hopefully, from a club standpoint, things improve. And I think that's a good segue to talk about the American Family Insurance Cup, and unfortunately, the rain is over after one year. Sorry, guys. But, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's talk about it. I mean, there, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. It's preseason. It's about what you expect. But I'll kind of start with the end and work my way back. Um, Pineda talked about in the second half. Or, or after the match, you talked about how in the second half, how well the young kids played, because it's pretty much a wholesale change. You had your first team lineup, for the most part, you know, the first half, which is understandable. Um, but then the second half, you had a bunch of lean, I had two players, academy players, like you Luke Brennan, Alan Carlton, um, Young, Sibatu, um, etc. So you had them in there getting their feet wet against really a first choice Toluca lineup. I was a little surprised that Toluca kept a lot of its starters in there after the halftime break. I mean, they switched things up in that. But outside yeah, of that, like not many changes. It minute or so when like the triple it's, digits started yeah, coming in. Exactly. And we always laugh about the triple digits. The younger um, <laughs> player. 182. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> 300, 400. But yeah. It, that, that impressed me, and that definitely impressed Pineda as well. Impressed a lot of people. Um, Brendan, for one, great goal off the head of Fortune, just kind of flicked onto the head, off of, off of the head of Fortune, fell to Brennan, and Brennan, of course, fights the net. And you know, it's a lot of fun talking to him after the match because here's a guy that was a ball kid at the first match for a Lady United back in 2017. Now, here he is. Mercedes Smith Stadium scoring a goal. I mean, and a presentative match still, but still just a lot of fun to talk to him afterwards. That means we're all like when you hear when yeah. you hear things like that and you say, Oh, yeah, the, the future starter for Atlanta United was the, was a ball boy when he was four years old. That means we're all like sixty. <laughs> that that that's really what it means. Well, you know, I mean that's like Caleb Wiley. Last season, when he scored his first goal in that that opening match, and he was a ball boy like at MLS Cup, and talked about it. Mm -hmm. And what was really funny is, out of everybody that was on the pitch opening day last season, he had been with Atlanta United longer than any of those people because he basically grew up in the academy from the time he was twelve years old. So it's funny because you don't think about like, if, if you just follow the first team, you don't think about these kids for sometimes years, you know, I mean, look at the, like Luke Brennan and, and Caleb Wiley are two great examples. Like they've been doing their thing with the Academy, with the twos moving up, doing their, doing their thing. And now suddenly they get put on the big stage at the bins and they take advantage of their opportunity. And Brennan perfect example last night. And, and by the way, like don't, don't count out Aid McFadden in that conversation either. Because the ball that he put in was uh, was beautiful. I mean, the 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 assist was great, but you got to give the, the hockey assist to to McFadden. I mean, it was just yeah. he saw he saw something that would work, and those guys have played a lot of time together with the twos over the years. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just 
happy for for Luke. And and it wasn't even just that goal, man. That kid was on one the whole night. He was one of the most dangerous attacking players out there. Carlton as well. I really enjoyed Carlton. Yeah. My wife was calling him a Weasley. <laughs> True. Ron Weasley. <laughs> I mean, he definitely stuck out. Yeah. That's, but honestly, that's the only way I can tell him and, and Luke Brennan apart at times is, is the hair color because they do yeah. look very similar from a distance. Yeah. If they were funny, to ever uh, listen to this and, and hear it, they would be like, no, whatever. Screw you. <laughs> Screw you, old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, going back to Pelson Match, and you know, the kid was just glowing. I mean, here he was, 17 years old, and scoring against really one of the better clubs in Mexico. Um, and yeah, Carlton, I don't know. I forget who else was over there, but a bunch of the younger kids. I mean, that Valley, he went through the academy through, you know, they're just laughing and just kind of <laughs> sucking things in, you know, this media scrum around Luke and they're just kind of laughing and stuff like that. But that was just cool. That was, it's a cool moment after the match and good on Luke. Yeah, I hope that um, – I'll say this first, though. Um, Jared Smith from Soccer Down Here was tweeting that, you know, Brennan could be a nod for the next homegrown player for Lady United. And I can definitely see that. I can definitely see why Lady United are so high on him. And, again, that's credit to the Academy, credit to Matt Laurie and, and the staff and the Academy for nurturing that talent, like I said last night. And along with that, Steve Cook coming in, to take over a lady night at two who has you know plenty of professional experience, plenty of coaching experience at all levels. So look forward to him continuing to nurture that talent, you know, in MLS next pro. And there's, there's a, a list of them, right? Like there's so many that showed well last night and have showed well. Uh, we always talk about, fortune i mean he's every time he's set foot in the bins he's taking advantage of the opportunity that he was given so you you kind of see that I mean, Pineda is super high on him and he's come out and said that publicly multiple times so and i and i will say this the midfield when he was on was locked down pretty well and i'm not going to sit here and draw any comparisons to anybody else right now because I know that's going to be a conversation we're going to have in a minute, but I just think the kid's a good player, and I think he's got a very high ceiling. Again, Luke Brennan being up there, um, Johnny Villal, like we we haven't really hit on him. He didn't really, we haven't seen much of him, but he's one that if you go and watch the twos now that the Apple deals out and all that, um, keep an eye on him when he plays. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's just there's so much talent there. And, and Pineda has a right to be super excited about that. Like you have a, a bunch of kids, literally kids um, that went out against a top flight league and team in eighth place right now, whatever, and held their own scored first, actually, you know? Uh, and, and then of course it was tough after that. They, they didn't handle the long ball really well. One thing to consider with that Noah Cobb was the one who played the most minutes yesterday. And you got to understand his legs were probably killing him because he was running all over the place. Uh, between the first and the second half, he switched sides. So, yeah, I mean, he, he was a, he was a tired dude. And uh, but but that's what they're they're pushing him in a game that doesn't matter essentially to get that extra time because they're also very high on him, and they should be. The kid's got talent, and he's going to be, uh, I think, and it seems like a lot of people would agree, the next kind of Miles Robinson esque center back for Atlanta. So just a lot to be excited about with these young guys coming up. Yeah. Um, you talked about midfield and getting up to the whole can of worms. Um, but I, I don't know if we want to talk about the first half. I mean, we, it's only fair. I mean, we already talked about the second half of the young kids, but you know, definitely pivot to the first half when it really, your first choice 11 was out there for the most part, with some exceptions, obviously. First off, good to see that Caleb Wiley was up and, the, up and about afterwards. That that collision looked scary uh, on the replay. I saw, I, you and I, we all saw it live. 
but look at the replay, it just looked super scary. Fortunately, both players able to come off or re enter the game, I should say. Um, and I posted it to my Twitter account, and Tyler, you posted this Garson Spikes Twitter account. Tyler had kind of a uh, shiner over his, yeah. over his eyebrow. So yeah, he got whacked pretty good. He was definitely on the worst end of it for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was already formed when they were when he was walking off the field. Like you could see it on TV. Like it was art. You could already see the spot starting to grow uh, on TV. And I was shocked that they let him come back into that game. Yeah, for multiple reasons. Really for that. if it was a regular season game, playoff game. I guess there's an argument for it, but when you're in the, in the preseason where this means absolutely nothing, you know, I, I just imagine that he wasn't going to, to see the field at all. And then see him come back on and, you know, Machop, you know, he, he heard his, probably his hamstring there immediately grabs his leg and Conway's ready to go. 15 seconds later, or you already see him jumping on the sidelines it, it just seemed like a bad look at that point that you that you would endanger somebody. Uh, yeah, I get it. For what it's worth, Chop was carrying something you know, into the match anyway. And you can see when he had that chance late on in the first half, you know, right away, like you said, Tommy is grabbing his hamstring. He tried to give it a go, but you know, ultimately couldn't. So I think that was just a super precautionary thing to take him out of the match. Uh, but, you know, definitely get what you're saying about Wiley. I, yeah, he, he was always going to come off at halftime, uh, whatever the case. But, you know, I, I definitely get it. I definitely agree. Uh, this day and age where player safety is really under the microscope, not just in the NFL, but in MLS as well. You know, why, why risk it? Why, you know, play, why put him back out and potentially put him at risk at another concussion or something like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying in, in that regard. And hopefully, ultimately, hopefully it doesn't turn out to be a concussion or anything like that. But, yeah, it, it is good to see him back out there uh, after the match, I should say. 346 subs you have in the American Family Insurance Cup. Yeah. You could have you taken him off and just said, hey, Go sit down and, and relax. And fortunately, with concussions, you you can find out that you have one days later. Like you, yeah. you start feeling some of those effects. And again, it's 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 a preseason game. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they actually rested him. I know that Saturday is really the dress rehearsal for the regular season, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just let him sit it out and just make sure he's ready for next week. Yeah, Ariel said in the chat, Wiley looked like Quasimodo. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> That's pretty good. Come on, Ariel's just hitting this this show up like great tweet of the week, comment of the comment of the of the show. <laughs> he he's hitting it all tonight. By the way, Quasimodo has a Q, not a C. Ariel. Oh it's man, FYI. But anyway, hey, you just so you ha we talked about the mistakes last week, right? So now you've y'all both have had one on camera. Are you gonna call Ariel out? I'll be nice. I'll tell you a story real quick about my mistake, but it was off camera. But I'm doing it to make you guys feel better. Okay, so here's my story. <laughs> Two weeks ago, when we were at the training ground, it was one of the days that Pineda was coming up to talk, and you know we're doing the interview that we we watched the the training and saw everybody doing their thing and. It was time for Pineda to come walk up and speak to the media. So they have the, the big media banner behind. You guys see it if you watch the, the interviews every week. And I was like, hey, you know, there's not a lot of people here. Everybody's saying hey to Pineda as he comes up. I actually think it was the first one of the season. So it might have been a, a few weeks ago. So we haven't really seen him in, you know, two, three months. He comes walking up. Everybody's kind of like shaking his hand, fist bumping or whatever. Well, and it, like, I'm a handshake person, okay? <laughs> but COVID screwed that up. So I default to a handshake. In my head, I was like, ah, oh, man, it's, you know, 
people can be so like strange about COVID now. Let me just go for the fist bump. Well, he went for the handshake. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to swap it up. And I went for the handshake and then he switched to the, the, the fist <laughs> and we did one of these. And now I feel like I can't show my, my face at the training ground anymore. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. And this is like the last, the last time Pineda has like really looked me in the eye. And so it just, it's super awkward now. So if you shave your beard, then yeah. he might not know it was you. <laughs> yes. I'm going to become like Taylor Pilgrim or something. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Mayflower. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find something, man. I, I just, uh, it was so embarrassing. It was one of those where it's like, oh, you know, and then you just have that awkward moment where it's like, oh, we're, we're holding hands. Like, this is weird, you know? So, so yep. to make up for it, just bring about a little bottle of sanitizer for him and just say, I apologize last time. This is for you. <laughs> I feel like I need to bring him a bottle awkward. of whiskey after that. Like, and we'll just have our shot together and just move Miss, past it. So, Miss Carla. <laughs> so, there. I hope you feel better now, That's both funny. of you. And Ariel yeah, as well. Much better. <laughs> we had a question in the chat about Tyler Wolf, and, you know, he was off, right, with the U.S. team? At one point, um, I gotta go back and check. Um, I got I, I I've been meaning to kind of follow up about Wolf and see kind of what's going on. He was there yesterday. I mean, he was at the the stadium with everybody. Um, he was down there chatting with Brad at one point, but I don't know if they're just being super precautious. It also kind of seems a little odd about like where. Pineda is going to try to fit him because he did talk about him last night. He talked about Wolf being, you know, t like a, a number nine, but maybe like more of a false number nine, which I think is kind of what you expect. He also could be the backup right now, the really the only backup, I think, for um, Almada, if Almada is out for whatever reason. So if he is nursing something that he picked up with the national team, you got to – expect that they're going to just let that go as long as they can because he is coming off time overseas. So it's not like he's really out, out of fitness. So I think it's just a matter of like, let him, let him, let him heal up. If something is going on, kind of like they are with Sadich and, uh, and not stress about it. So, I mean, you on spaces yesterday, there, there were some concerned fans out there talking about the midfield and, talking about our strikers, talking about our defense. And you got to think about it. I mean, I know we haven't been able to watch a lot of the preseason, but we've been able to hear about it. And you have so many players that haven't even seen the field yet. You have Entian, Yakamakis. You've got Sadich. You've got Tyler Wolf. Abram, Abram, I Abram, still, yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get, it, I'll get it by his, his first <laughs> appearance. You have so many players that just haven't been able to play. Like this is going to be, this is going to be a month process of you slowly starting to introduce people into this lineup. And I think it was Bo that was on spaces saying, you know, that this team has no synergy and it, it's going to be off and. My argument is, is that most MLS teams are going to be running into this exact same situation. There's other teams that are having visa issues, bringing players in. There's some teams that are, have just lost a ton of players, you know, right at the transfer window, uh, at the end of other leagues transfer windows. So they, they've had to re still replace players. you got guys coming back from injuries and in other teams. Like, I think everybody is in the same boat. You might have a few teams that maybe didn't have a lot of movement last year. And that's fine. But I think that a lot of the good teams out there usually have a ton of movement in the transfer window. And I think we're going to be okay overall. The midfield, I don't see any huge additions coming in besides Sadich. That is really going to change things. But Parada specifically, and and probably Barra uh, on the defensive side because Barra is supposed to be helping out uh, on the defense. They look sloppy multiple points yesterday. And I think Parada is a, a very good player, 
but and for reasons that aren't defense. Like he can <laughs> score goals. Like that's fine. If if he's the occasional player that has to come in and play with a Miles, that's okay. But if this is our opening day lineup or close to it, I'm a little worried. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, in the case of Parada, and you know, and kind of defends uh, Miles's fitness, and it's not—I don't want to say it's not likely they'll start on the 25th, but I kind of lean the wretched of him not being out there. I think you're okay with Parata being a backup. And you're, you're okay with Robinson and Abram being your first choice center backs once Abram gets his visa, gets his visa cleared up and once Robinson is able to get to a point where he match fit. So you're going to have to really roll with Karata and whoever else is out there with them until those th- two things happen. And Joe was talking, Joe Patrick was talking about it on the Twitter spaces yesterday about he was talking to Doug Robertson from the AGC saying to the effect of, Hey, this team might have to outscore other teams because of really the state of his defense and the state of his midfield. I kind of joked about it. I said, it sounds like the big 12, Big 12 football or something like that where essentially defense is optional, but that might be where you are. And, you know, as long as, you know, the attack is clicking, I mean, if you can, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say a Lightning Knight is going to score three or four goals a night like they did in the first couple of years of their existence, but that might be what it takes. I mean, at least initially until you get some reinforcement, well, not reinforcements, until Robinson gets back to full fitness and the Abraham gets his visa cleared up and eventually works his way into fitness with the first team. I mean, he's not going to start right away, but as soon as he gets his fitness and his legs underneath it and some training sessions with Atlanta United, you feel a lot better. But the the midfield, you know, it's just, it's just not good. I mean, Hazeta is doing the same things that he did last year. Ibarra, you know, it, it's just... That's something that you wouldn't be walking to February 25th, still worried about. So maybe, maybe there's a summer signing that comes in that reinforces that. Maybe Sadik comes in and he gets the line share of the minutes in the midfield. Avi comes in here and there and fills the need, not just from a leadership standpoint, but from an on-the-field standpoint. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying, but I feel like the issues with Atlanta United are a little bit more than the uh, than the defense at this point in time, at least. I'll I'll throw out there too, and I kind of hit on it last night. I put it in the article this morning from the quotes from yesterday. Um, though, I mean, to me, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sold on Rosetto and Ibarra not working, but I am like. I'm over them being paired together. They just don't work well together. I just don't think they have the chemistry. And that's not just coming from preseason, by the way. Like, I know we're always cautious of throwing out like, oh, hey, it's preseason. Like, we're not going to take much of this. But this is going back to last season, too. Like, they were paired up last season, and it wasn't good. So maybe when it comes time, you have a Sosa with a Rosetto or a you know, a Sadich with an Ibarra or whatever kind of combination. And then, of course, you throw Ozzy into the mix once he gets back and he's really healthy. I just don't think that they can be paired together because it, it just blows everything else on the field up. And it doesn't – it makes things just not work right. And that's why I, I think, yes, Parada, there's been a couple times in the preseason that we've seen him just make mental mistakes, and that's got to stop. He was asked about it yesterday in the locker room, and really the only answer he had was – you know, I'm going to fix it. I just got to work harder. And that's great to hear. But like, what are you going to do to fix it? And work like, you know, besides just work harder like that. I don't know. Like that, that answer just doesn't instill much confidence, I think. So that's so like platitudes. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah. It's like, it's like when you, when your kid gets in trouble and you're like, Hey, this is the third time you've done this. What are you going to do to fix it? And there's like, I don't know. I'm sorry. 
Okay, well, I do it a fourth fine. time. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep doing it. I don't know. It, you know, it's just it is it is concerning, but I think the back line too often gets hung out to dry because of the mistakes in the midfield. And you know, if if they could do what they want to do, they being the midfield, Rosetto and Ibarra, uh, consistently, it would look great. But they make so many mistakes. I, I, I was I was getting so frustrated watching last night by like the 25th minute. They had so many little. They were trying to just do quick one touch chipped passes, you know, forward to like Arujo or somebody making a run, and they just got away from them, and it caused a turnover, and that's what led to uh, Lucas first goal. So it's like I get wanting to move quickly, but you have to. And Pineda also hit on this last night. He said sometimes we feel like we always have to be on the front foot and it's up to every player out there on the pitch to learn to take a step back and slow things down when they need to. And I thought that was actually a pretty important quote because yes, you always, you want to control the tempo of the game. Controlling the tempo doesn't just always mean moving quickly. It, it absolutely can. And especially if you want to be a, a team like Pineda once where you, you know, you're pressing to try to win the ball back as much as you can. But when it comes time to take a, a little bit of a chill pill, you got to do that. And sometimes it's a really, really powerful thing to have somebody in midfield that can just hold the ball and piss off the other midfielders around him so that it opens up a guy like Arujo or Etienne or whoever else is making a run. And it draws more to him. We always use Nagby as the example, right? We're not getting Nagby back, but that's what you want out of your midfield. Somebody that's going to control the ball, a holding midfielder, somebody that's going to keep the ball through pressure so that he opens up other guys. And right now that pairing just doesn't have it. Nope. Yeah. I'm going to pull up um, Dan. This coming on Twitch. Thanks for watching Dan. As always, since I think Sosa and Alonso are pairing in midfield, if we have to win IMO, yeah, the problem with that is Ozzy Alonso is what 37, 38, or something like that. I'll have to look it up, but I mean, his career is kind of in the twilight. I don't think you can expect a ton of minutes from Ozzy, especially with him coming off an injury last year at 37 years old, and I believe 38. Well, yeah, 37 years old. So I don't know if he'll get a ton of minutes with this team. He'll 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 play here and there, obviously, as he can. Of course, you have to think about what does his fitness level look like. Again, with him being the age he is, it, it takes a little. It takes his body a little bit longer to heal, and that's that's my biggest concern with Ozzy. I mean, he's a great locker room guy, I'm sure, but you have to wonder when we'll see him this season. Is it going to be a month, two months, three months, or something like that? So it's just something that we need to consider about Ozzy. So I'm going to make a joke, and then I'll, I'll, I'll make my serious comment here. <laughs> my joke is, if you've seen how fast he grew his hair from the last <laughs> time we saw him, everything has to replenish in his body, regenerate as, as fast as I, his hair grew out there. I hope. <laughs> My wife was talking about how impressive it was. You know, I showed her I showed her the last picture of the game he played and where he was at now. And she's like, I wish my hair would grow that long. But in seriousness, you could use him as a closer in yeah. games. And I think that's what's really important is you know, you had a Jeff Lorenowitz who didn't start a lot towards the end of his career, but he came in and late and he definitely caused chaos. And that's one thing that Ozzy did last year when we were winning those games is he was, he upset players out there. I mean, he, he definitely went in, he was physical. He got a yellow pretty early in that first game that he had, but he was, that's what he does. And you don't have that. And like, well, we all thought that maybe that's what Ibarra was going to be able to be. He hasn't been able to be that. Like he, Ibarra looks like a guy. If you met him like walking down the street, like, I don't want to mess with this guy. Like he's, he's got that (laughs) face. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go anywhere near him, but he doesn't back that up. And if he backs it up, it looks like it's going to be a red card. And then if he gets a yellow card, we talked about this all last season, he would get a yellow card sometimes Ibarra in the first 15 minutes. And then he was afraid to do anything else. I don't think he can control himself. 
So, I mean, I'm glad that he doesn't want to get a red, but I mean, he, he was just basically a, a cone out there that, that players were running around. So yeah, yeah I, I'm, the- I'm nervous about it for sure. At least for the first two games, because Sosa is not going to be back at least until yeah. week three. And that's what opens up your, your defense again, right? Like, cause they all do work together. It's not just like, a, oh, our, hey, our, our center backs are having trouble and our midfield is having trouble. Like the, the center backs would not have as much trouble as they've had if one of the midfielders would fall back, defend a little bit better, and actually mark guys that are making runs to and into the box. The amount of time that Toluca players had last night to line up shots was embarrassing. Mm. It was embarrassing. And that's that's something that has to be fixed. Whether it, whether it's a mixture of you know a physical thing, a mental thing, one or the other, I don't know. But again, that like you you just can't give you can't give a professional soccer player that much time in or around the box. They're gonna make you pay. And that's exactly what happened last night for a lot of the goals. So, you know. It, the midfield has, has got to figure out some things. It would be, I think it would be helpful if it, at some points the midfielders, and this is all of them, would make some runs towards the box and just try to play forward often. I mean, we talked with Longshore, you know, recently about that, and that was kind of what he was hitting on. But like, just surprise everybody and take a freaking shot at goal at some point, you know, <laughs> like r- run into the box. Do something. Don't just sit at the top of the box and, and you know, again, try to recycle things, move things around. That's great and all, but you can't just do that. And then when the ball gets turned over, now you're rushing back to try to help the the two or three defenders that you've now left on an island back there with the goalkeeper. And I don't know. It's just um, – that's it's a coaching thing, but it's also, like, again, I just don't know that Rosetto and Ibarra have the chemistry to be able to work well in this system. Yeah, it's a shame that we're talking about it, um, like nine days before the season. But yeah, I mean, this is where we are. It's We've been talking about since the summer, man. Like right. we we didn't yeah. have Sosa last year because he was out for, you know, almost half the season with an injury, yeah. and then he came back. So we we were we were shorthanded last year, and and we got the Ibarra Rosetto experience all summer long, and yeah. it, it hasn't yeah, gotten and- better. You know, there was a there was a point last season. I see uh, Justin saying in the chat that he he said this last night on the, the Twitter Spaces. But under Heinze, Ibarra looked looked solid. Um, and you got to remember, like some of the players that, that came in under Heinze and then got left stranded essentially after everything that happened. But um, I, I I don't know. I mean. There was a, a four or five game stretch last year. I remember talking about it on the spaces where Ibarra looked. I, I was praising him because he looked so much cleaner in his defensive work. Like you were talking about Tommy, where he he was coming in, you know, challenges, doing his thing. But he was he was doing very, I mean, tough tackles and challenges and all. But he was winning them. It wasn't like he was just, you know, sliding in and and pulling a yellow card every time he he took somebody out in midfield. He was coming in with clean tackles and uh, putting people on notice. And that kind of – it seemed to fall off a little bit. Um, he had that injury and kind of just sat out for a little bit, and then he never really recovered from it. And, again, I, I, I'll say it again. I don't think it's a Ibarra or a Rosetta talent thing. I think it is they just don't work well together. And I, I, I think you just got to pair them with somebody else. Well – and someone said on the spaces, and I've seen this other places as well, just saying the Ibarra doesn't look like he's in shape. That has been, I've heard that mentioned a lot. And not just in the places you've mentioned. I've, I've heard that mentioned by, by quite a few people. Again, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to like judge anybody's body type, but I do agree. Like he doesn't, he, he looks like he could cut a little bit of weight. Yeah. I mean, we I all mean, can. It's- it's February, right. <laughs> right? We're still getting over the holidays. We're we're going to be okay, but we're also not, you know, getting paid to to play sports here, right? And no, well, I was just going to say, ahead. like, you, you, he's got to improve here. I mean, he's he's got to do a lot of running, and I, I keep going back to that Chattanooga game, Tyler. I know you were there, and, and Sydney and I were watching on the stream, but when there was that injury timeout. Pineda was just 
going into him about which is good to see yeah mm-hmm. and and it was and and I had to laugh because I mean some of the, the the tweets I think when I when I sent it out were just hilarious saying it takes a long time for uh him to give his Wendy's order to Pineda and I was like oh man oh man <laughs> I I laughed oh, about a good 15 minutes on that one <laughs> but I you gotta get a point here at, that if it's not working, then, then you got to move players out. And I know that it's we've moved a lot of players out this offseason, but there's going to be a very close eye on this roster, um, specifically yeah. by Garth, who we could say he's not the GM. And, and I know Carlos has had to do a lot. And Yakamakas gave his shout out to Boca for bringing him in. But Garth's a, a general manager at heart, and he's definitely going to be giving his outsider's point of view coming in right this is only stage one this is this is the first window where you've seen a lot of players move out you are probably going to see more players moving out the next window and then next off season and i think he's one of those guys and Rosetto, where probably he shouldn't even be here to begin with these are two guys that are are most likely out at some point in the next year yeah you know who looked good though was Luis Arriju. I was just about to say we we got it. We got to <laughs> give the positivity where it's due because it wasn't all bad. Like it's easy to pick apart the bad stuff because it is just frustrating. But there was yeah. a lot of good to take from yesterday. Yeah, and you know, Pineda mentioned that this version of Arriju that he's seen in preseason thus far looks a lot like the Arriju that came in. You know, twenty twenty one after they got from Lille and really had a good end to the season. I mean, it took him a little bit, obviously, to get his feet underneath them. And nonetheless, Nariel saying, "Yeah, that that goal is a beauty, just you know, terrific goal by Louise." And I really hope that after last year, which he was just undecisive and inconsistent, and and we talked about it a ton of times on the spaces. It just seems like he was in his whole head, and I feel like he was just trying to prove himself and press too hard to try to feel like he fits into this roster. But I don't think he needs to do that. I mean, I think he has the talent and the skill and the potential to become a really good player in this league. And we joke about our Rudy MVP and all that. I don't think he'll be the MVP, but I don't think I think he'll be hopefully much, much better this year than he was last year. I mean, it was a horrible, but at the same time, his decision-making, his shot selection was just all over the place last year. It was just frustrating considering the fact that he was or he is a designated player. You want your DPs to perform on a consistent basis. We didn't get that from Louise. What we're seeing in preseason, I think, is the Louise Arujo that we hope We'll see throughout 2023, not just on the offensive side, but Pineda was talking about too, how he was helping out defensively, getting back. And I think it was Andrew, he was talking about, he was helping Andrew out uh, on the wing in the defensive, in defensive role. So he's not going to be a full-time defender. Obviously he's a winger, but at the same time, it's good to see him putting in that work rate on both ends of the field, not just in the attack, but in the defense. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that evolves with Luis as the season goes on. And hopefully he can put really a rough 2021 behind or 2022 behind him and become the player that Elena hoped that he'd become when he was overseas with Leo in League One, League N. So extra time did their they're doing their season preview and it might have been Doyle that brought it up. I forget which one, but they said that there was a source in Atlanta that said that it's very hard to coach Louise. Didn't really jump into anything else yeah. with that, but that was a comment that was made. So obviously they heard it from somebody. Yeah. I don't see. I don't know. I don't know about that, man. Here's my thing. For, like, 
Luis's personality is one of those where I, I do feel like maybe if you were hanging out with him, you know, eight hours a day or whatever, his constant like joking around would probably get old after a minute, you know, but he's like, you see him at the, the training ground and he's always happy. He's always laughing. And, you know, we've remarked on he, on the, the show and at the training ground, like if he would just stay as happy as he is at the training ground at the bins and, and in matches, the dude would be scoring goals left and right. But last season, it just seemed like it got away from him mentally. And then Pineda did say that they were working with him on like, you know, just simple things. Like they, they don't want him to stop being Luis Arujo and being that aggressive, you know, kind of techer type guy that, that has that, that talent with the ball at his feet. They don't want to take that away from him, but they wanted to kind of just shore him up a little bit in terms of like his, yeah, his shot selection and some of the predictability of his runs and things like that, you know, being more defensive oriented when he needs to be. And, and I think, and I've seen some people comment in the, in the, the comment section, like Sonny brought it up a minute ago um, and, and a few others, but I think, Arujo has probably been the most consistent player in the preseason that we've seen so far. And that's saying something for an attacker whose job it is, it is to score goals. I mean, Chattanooga, he was all over the place. Um, Mexico, all over the place. Against Toluca, all over the place. He, he could have had a brace, if not a hat trick, mm-hmm. last night. So the guy's doing his job, and he seems so much different than he did last season. I mean – and Ariel saying in here, you know, he he had a peg as MVP last season. I wrote a freaking article on Dirty South Soccer, and I know I brought it up before, and it's still there. It was the the big, you know, like hey, big uh, predictions for the coming season. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he's going to win MVP, and then 2022 happened. So like nobody would love it more if Luis Arias would go and just shut everybody up. Good, but he, I mean, he he looks like he's well on the path to, to do that, to have the season everybody expected him to have last year. It's never too late to delete an article. Nobody will remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll just disappear one day yeah. soon. <laughs> no, but hopefully, um, you know, I mean, again, we say, you know, it's preseason. You can't take too much. Hopefully this carries over. Hopefully, Luis can put 2022 behind me because the first he's going to want to shut everybody up. He's going to want to prove everybody wrong. He, I'm sure he's aware of the the things that fans are saying, and I really think he will. I really think that he'll turn it around. Again, he wasn't a terrible player last season, but he was far, far below DP standard. And I think having Yakimakis in there, I think. Having Etienne in there as well, Almada certainly, who had a phenomenal season last year, I think that'll kind of take the pressure off him to perform, and he can relax a little bit more. So once those four are on the field together and kind of knock on wood that it's not like half a season before they're on the field together, like it was like in past years where. I don't know how many games it was where all three DPs played together with Atlanta United. It seems like one of them were always injured or something like that. Hopefully it's not the case with what? Pretty sure it was June. Yeah, well, but yeah, I, I hope that's not the case this season and we get plenty of matches to see, quote, quote, the big four, this attacking foursome for Atlanta United. Because I think if they're able to click, Atlanta United should be a much more exciting team in 2023 than they were in 2022 for sure well guys i know we got to wrap up soon i'm going to see (laughs) ant-man but uh there was some big news today in the world if if you have Mm t-mobile if you have t-mobile you can get the mls pass for free yes and i saw a lot of people upset that they've already paid for it and now what do they do I personally was able, I reached out to Apple. I got into their customer service queue. Took me five minutes. I told them exactly what was going on. They refunded my money and it's already in my account. So if you've already ordered MLS Pass and you have T-Mobile, 
or you know someone that has T-Mobile, go cancel it, get your money back. And then next week, I think on Tuesday, and I think it'll be open for from Tuesday to Thursday, you'll be able to get MLS Pass for free. And they did it last year. Well, the past couple of years with MLB Pass, I've done it with absolutely no issues. So you just need an Apple ID and you'll be able to get it for free. So pretty cool. You might not be able to talk on the cell phone, but you can absolutely get that MLS pass. 100%. (laughs) And this works with Metro by T-Mobile as well. So not just regular T-Mobile, but Metro by T-Mobile as well. So if you have that, you certainly take advantage of it. Yeah, it's a great deal. Save some money. One one other quick thing that was brought up, and I haven't like verified this um, really, but it, it, it makes sense. And it's, it's from a reputable source, but, um, Jacob Feldman saying that, uh, direct TV for business will carry the MLS season pass, which will allow yeah. the MLS season pass to be, uh, serviced into bars and restaurants. So we've been talking about, Hey, growing the game, having people want to go out and go to a, a bar and watch the game. How's that going to work? Well, apparently, DirecTV, business DirecTV, uh, is, has got some kind of agreement with with Apple and MLS to make this this happen. So uh, I'm sure you. we'll hear more about it in the coming weeks, but that's that's a good sign, I think. Yeah, yeah. Be curious see. if you have to pay for it. Like if the bars have to pay for that, like that package to be able to get those games or not. Usually, companies like that don't like to give away things for free. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure ahead. they may, and maybe at a reduced rate, but. Yeah, yeah, still, either way, really good to see that they're able to come to agreement on that because that's a huge sticking point. And maybe, Tommy, because I know you've been wanting to, I know you, you spilled the beans last night, but there might be somebody next week that's coming on that we might be able to ask. You want to tell everybody who it is? Mm-hmm. Kevin Patrick Egan. <laughs> so, WWE yeah, next- Monday Night Raw announcer, Atlanta United announcer. We're going to find out why he hasn't gotten any wrestlers to hit the golden spike, even though I've been tweeting him <laughs> nonstop about it for since he's Rick Flair's done it before. Yeah. I get Rick Flair back for that, man. He's, he's starting, he's starting MLS next week, which is huge. And then, mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a couple of weeks after that is, uh, I think we're about to hit WrestleMania. So that the guy's a popular man. So, Next Wednesday, because I see a lot of you guys are excited about it. I hope, you know, that's why we're doing this, guys. We want it to be fun. We want to let you guys hear some other voices besides ours. And I'm sure Kevin Egan's voice, that Irish beautiful voice, is so much better to listen to than especially mine. So, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, he, he's going to be here next week. Uh, he'll be on for a little bit with us for maybe 25 minutes, half hour or so. And we'll, yeah, we're going to chat about Apple and Atlanta and probably WWE a little bit while we're, while we got him on, so two um, wrestling questions. Just give me two. I'll give you two. For I don't care, man. <laughs> give me two. If I'm talking about half. wrestling, I'm going back to like the old days, like WCW. So, <laughs> funny story, real quick. I, I'll, I'll probably tell him this too. But Thanks, during Justin, COVID, <laughs> is when he got the job uh, with WWE, and one night I'm cooking some food, and I hear Kevin Egan. I run into the other room to see what's going on. I thinking I don't even know what I thought because I'm like, why, why, why is he on a WWE thing? And there he is. He's like a backstage announcer. And the next morning, I woke up and I thought it was. I thought the entire night was a dream. So I'm like, oh, there's no way that Kevin Egan was on there. I thought it was like I thought I dreamt the entire like second half of, of that day. I was drinking, so I got to throw that in there. So that that had a combination of why I thought that everything that I experienced that night was fake. But yeah, it was it was an experience around Christmas. Then um, this was obviously well after he had already been doing it for a while, and then of course mm-hmm. the season was over. But around Christmas, we were in Florida with my wife's grandparents, and uh, Grandpa watches wrestling religiously, and we went to go like see Christmas lights or something. So we come walking back in. And putting keys down and everything. And he's got, of course, you know, because he can't hear. Um, he's got his his TV cranked up. And I'm like out of soccer mode at this point, right? Because the season's over. Like, I mean, World Cup was still going on. So that's like all I'm focused on. And then I hear Kevin Egan. And I my, I was like, yeah. oh, man, what's going on? What, what 
what's Atlanta United doing? And then it hit me. I was like, oh, man. And this was obviously before we knew anything about him and Jillian and Mo coming back. So I'm just yeah. super excited that, that we get to see them and hear them again. Uh, I did not want them to leave that industry because they're so great at it. So super excited, yeah. man. Yeah, Joe will be a studio host, and hopefully we can get her on you know, later on in the season. Mo will be an analyst, match analyst, I believe, a studio host as well. And then Kevin, of course, will be play-by-play. Um, partnered with uh, Kendra D. St. Aubin, who did Minnesota United matches for several years and did an excellent job from what I've heard of her. So they should be a good pairing, I think. But, um, yeah, definitely excited to talk to Kevin. Kevin's a great guy, just so engaging, very popular with the fan base here and hopefully he gets his share for Lenny United matches throughout the season. Yeah. That's kind of the downside. Um, Kevin Moe and Jill, we don't get to hear them cover a lady United exclusively, but hopefully Kevin does get a chance to come here. Well, he lives in Atlanta, but hopefully he gets his chance yeah. to call a lot of LA United matches throughout the season. But yeah, excited to have him on board next week. And what yeah, time? I know you guys will be looking forward to it. 7 PM on Wednesday. Wednesday night, Eastern Raw. time. Eastern time. <laughs> Eastern time. Yeah. Yeah. And Tyler, uh, didn't Taylor Twelman uh, retweet one of your videos today? Oh no, yeah, it wasn't mine. It was actually uh, me. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, Jackson Popkin, who who was running the tweets from Dirty South Soccer last night, re- he retweeted that one. I was literally uh, sitting next to Jackson. So was Sydney. When we yeah. were taking basically the same video almost the same time, and of course, you know. Look, the Scarves and Spikes Twitter has what four hundred and like seventy five or something right now. I think is what we're sitting mm-hmm. at, and Dirty South has twenty thousand plus. So, uh, but I'll tell you who did retweet it: DJ EU. That was DJ cool. EU. So, uh, yeah, he 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 retweeted it. Uh, fun fact, really quick, because I know you got to go see Ant Man, and and we gotta we gotta roll. But uh, DJ EU produced obviously all the music in the stadium last night. Everything about the whole soundtrack for the night, including the yeah. laser show was all him. So him and then the, the creative team got in on the laser show, obviously, but a uh, super, super cool thing. I hope they do that laser show at least a couple times throughout the season, but can't do it all the time because it does extend halftime, but I would like to see it come back in some shape or form. It was really neat. Yeah, that's fun. I really liked it. And yeah. I'm sure the fans did too, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tommy's got to head off and watch Ant-Man and the Wops, Wasp. And hopefully you can give us a brief review next yeah. week. Or I'm going to ask him for it next week. <laughs> I'm excited. And pictures. Yeah, and pictures. And though I, we're not, I don't have an Ant-Man costume. I, I wish I did. And though I, we're not going to stream. And though I don't think we can stream the movie on our YouTube channel. That's <laughs> um, like... A fantastic way to get taken down pretty pretty swiftly. Yeah, but uh, that's a quick one. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, these guys are hanging with us on a Thursday, um, a day later than we usually do it. Please tell your friends, tell fellow Lightning United fans about over here pretty every Wednesday night, 7 p.m., unless there are match nights. And when that happens, we'll let you know when the stream is. But... Yeah, follow me on Twitter, SH Wright. Tyler, how do people follow you? At ATL Pilgrim. And Tommy, where can people find you? Tommy ATL96. And if you go to see a Marvel movie in the theaters, you stay after the credits. I don't know. The Marvel Always. Universe has existed Always. for over a decade, and I still see people leaving when the credits start. <laughs> I don't. I, I want to yell at every one of them. <laughs> so if you're listening and you're new to Marvel, stay after the credits, please. Iron Man Word Four announcement during the post credit scene. <laughs> Iron Man is dead. I hate to tell you this. But... I know. I know it's dead. New what? Iron Man. Iron Man reboot. Come on. But guys. um, yeah. Woo! But thanks, guys. Thanks everyone for watching. Um, yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Scars the letter and spikes. Of course, subscribe to YouTube and share this video with everyone you know. Helps us out a lot. It really does. And we just passed the 200 subscriber mark on YouTube. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. And hopefully the road to 300, 400, 500 has begun in earnest. But yeah, thank you again for watching. 
listening. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you guys so much. And we will see you Wednesday at 7 p.m. when Kevin Egan joins us. And we talk about an actual real match as the United get, t- get ready to take on San Jose. So thank you for watching listening. Absolutely. Thanks for watching and listening. And we will catch you next week. See you. See you.